Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for this morning, Lord God. I want to thank you, Father, for this is the day that you have made, Lord. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Father, I pray, Lord, that during this brief time that we get to spend together, that you would just be amongst us, Father, Lord. I pray that it'll be your words that are heard and not mine, Father. I pray that I will fade to the background, Lord. And I pray that you would just reveal new truths about you and your word to your brothers, to, to, to your children, Father, to my brothers and sisters, Father. We praise you for what you're doing in our lives. And, your holy and precious name. Amen and amen. All right, let's go. Let's get ready. Second Peter 2, and I am reading from the New King James Version. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false prophets among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying, denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow, the, follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world, of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn, condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Verse 12. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of authority and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. 
for by whom a, a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of, right, of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's give another stretch, guys, and uh, let's get into it. What's amazing to me about um, these uh, books from Peter is that Peter began his life as a fisherman, right? A lowly fisherman, you know, and 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 Jewish boys and and in that day and age, they were taught, you know, they were they were sent to temple and they were taught you know, up to a certain age, and then they had to go get to work, right? So everyone knew some of the scriptures, right? But you can hear right here in his writings, how eloquent he's speaking, you know, and something that your average fisherman wouldn't be able to speak like. And it just, just, it's just a, a testament to the work of the Holy Spirit, of what we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and to really work in us what can be accomplished. Um, beginning with verse one, he says, but there were also false prophets. And, and even as there were, um, and quoting from, from second Peter, uh, chapter one, verse 21, it says, even as though there were holy men of God who spoke as they were moved by the Holy spirit. So also there's going to be false prophets and false teachers then. And today, Peter states that this is a fact, right? Not as a possibility. He's not saying there might be some false teachers. There might be some false prophets. No, my man is saying there will be false prophets. And he said, they're among you. They're not just outside the church. They're among you. See, false teachers, they work secretly. And it isn't, it isn't their, their teaching is secret, but the deceptive nature of their teaching is hidden. No false teacher ever announces himself as a false teacher. They just are. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, that we're getting into the word every single day, okay? Because if we do not get into the word every single day when false teachers are among us and they're speaking whatever nonsense they're speaking, we will be able to say, no, that's not what the word of God says. That's not what the word of God says. And too often in the church, we... we just rely on the preacher or the pastor to feed us the word of God. No, we need to take an active role in seeking the word of God and getting into our, 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 our devotions, you know, and, and my brothers and sisters, you guys are amazing because you guys, uh, most of you have been so faithful in getting up every morning, 6 a.m. to get into the soap, you know, all right? But there are so many others who don't, who don't. And they're just relying on their Sunday morning experience to get them through the rest of their week. And while the Sunday morning experience is amazing, you need to take an active role in your own study of the word of God so that you can know when these false teachers and these false prophets are coming around. Right? False teachers, they bring, a, they, they bring in destructive heresies that destroy by telling lies about Jesus and his work for us and in us. By their heresies, people are hurt and destroyed. And heresy isn't harmless. Heresy is destructive. 
False teachers deny the Lord who, who bought them. Peter tells us at the very heart, they appear to be saved. Listen, they appear to be saved. Even a, even a person who, who appears to have a godly walk and, a, and appears to have a, a godly relationship with Jesus Christ can still bring in destructive heresies. Oftentimes, good men who teach lies do the worst damage, but their lies are accepted far more easily because of the good character of these men. It's easy to, to look at, look at uh, you could turn on any uh, to TV, right? And there's so many TV preachers. And they're, they're preaching good, good messages, right? But when you get down to the core of what they're teaching, it's destructive. And I ain't going to name no names. I ain't going to do all that. But you guys can imagine. Turn on the TV late at night, right? You know, and you have any one of these, 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 these televangelists, you know, and, and what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're presenting the gospel. And don't tell me you guys get that good, warm feeling as if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you through, uh, through them. I can guarantee you more often than not, you got your spidey sense in the back of your neck saying, mm, there's something not right about this, right? Destructive heresies. But the thing is that these false teachers, these false prophets, they're promised a swift destruction. Even though they aren't judged fast enough in, in, in the, the opinions of many right now, they are promised a swift destruction. Verse 2 says, many will follow their destructive ways. This reminds us that false teachers may be popular. Just because something succeeds in attracting the crowd of followers, it doesn't mean that it's of God. Just because something succeeds as attracting crowds, attracting followers, does not mean it is of God. We need to have our discernment, brothers and sisters. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to reveal things to us. So when we're encountering you know, false teachings like this, that we can say, no, that is not of God. See, we know that God's work will always bear fruit. But listen, listen to this. The devil's work can also bear fruit. But what kind of fruit? What kind of fruit is being, is, is being born from these teachings? And you can, you can look at, there's so many things, you know, you read about, you know, uh, uh, ministers who are falling and they're, they're getting into trouble. And I'm not saying they're false teachers, but what I am saying is that whatever they're doing is bringing, a, bringing about a false message. And you can see what you can see what happens in these churches when when uh, uh, a man of God or a woman of God falls, and the root of it was probably they they probably started they started they started believing their own hype, right? They started believing their own game, and they were get they were getting so wrapped in themselves, and and, and their messages were starting to change a little bit. But where was the fruit? Because I'm going to tell you right now, when, when here at Fusion Church, when we have, when we, we, we reach those who are far from Jesus, equip Christ followers, and go out into all the nations, that go portion, go out into all the nations, you know, that's probably the most important part in Jason's opinion, because now we're, we're we've, we've made disciples and we're going out and we're going out to preach the gospel. And it doesn't mean you got to be out of pulpit. 
But every time we go out to a, for an outreach, every time we're, we're out on the streets, every time you're walking through ShopRite or you're trying to drive through that Wawa parking lot in the, middle of the, in the middle of the morning and people are going all crazy, your testimony is an example of who Jesus is. And that's how we, that's how we can present who God is by our acts and what we do. So the most distressing aspect of the work of a false teacher is not that they're among us. The most distressing fact is that so many Christians will follow these destructive ways. When false teachers are at work and, and when crowds are following him, the, the way of the truth is blasphemed. God's holy name, God's holy honor is disgraced. We need to have discernment, brothers and sisters. And you and and these false teachers and false prophets, they're not going to be up there straight blaspheming who Jesus is. It's going to be in the little things they say. It's going to be in the little acts. They're not going to be boldly up there, you know, uh, going against what the word of God says. But it's going to be in the, in the little things. And we have to be aware of that. Verse three says, by covetousness, covetous uh, is the, the definition is marked by an inordinate desire for wealth or possessions or for another's possessions. False teachers are covetous. Many false teachers present a gospel that has self-gratification at its core. All this is presented with deceptive words because false teaching never announces itself. Look at these false teachers who are preaching this prosperity gospel. Everything is about what you can get. You do this, you're going to get. You do this, you're going to get. Whatever happened to teaching about getting closer to Jesus Christ? Whatever happened to teachings of, of knowing who, who, who he is, who the Holy Spirit is? Be very, very careful, brothers and sisters. Listen. We have dynamic speakers at Fusion Church, Pastor Brennan, Pastor Danielle. They could preach powerful words, right? But there are hundreds and thousands of other preachers that we can watch, okay? More often than not, I was just having a, I was having a, having a conversation recently with one of the brothers in the church, you know? So on Sunday morning, as a staff member of Fusion Church, as one of the pastors, Sunday morning for me is not when I get fed. Because that's a work day for me, okay? I'm worried about 101 other things, you know, about to make sure the church, the, the, the Cumberland County location, that everything's running smoothly. That's not the day I get fed, okay? So more often than not, I have to wait till, you know, Monday morning, you know, and, and then I can, like, actually li listen to the word. Because I sit in both services at Cumberland County, right? You know? But I'm sitting there and I got my cell phone and I'm getting group me messages and I'm getting text messages about this thing and that thing's happening. Some kids acting crazy. We ran out of coffee. You know, all those, all those details of the church. So I have to take my own personal time to go back and watch or even watch other sermons from other preachers, from other churches. And that's okay. Okay. But you have to take that time to be continually fed because if you're not... When you start, when you come across false teachers, you're going to say, ah, that sounds good. And it's not. And you're going to be deceived. 
Verse four says, if God did not spare the angels who sinned, see the angels who sinned can be brought, can be thought about in two ways. It can be thought about as the, 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 the angels who fell with Satan, the one third of the angels, you know, the original rebellion of the angels against God. And it could also be referring to the sin of the sons of God as described in Genesis six In Genesis six, beginning with verse one, it says, now it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. See, God judged these wicked angels and he said, setting them in chains of darkness. Apparently, there are some fallen angels that are in bondage right now, while there are other fallen angels who are allowed to roam the earth and, 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 and are active as demons on the earth. And it's clear that at some time, angels had a period of testing when their future destiny would be determined. And it, it may be this, that the sin of Satan and his angels are caused by the plan of God for mankind. See, man is made in the very image of God. We know that Genesis 1.26, we have a whole, uh, a whole ministry, Imago Dei, in the image of God, but angels are not. Satan and his angels, they resented this plan to create a being that would be more closely connected to God than they were. And though mankind is, is beneath the angels in dignity, it is the job of the angels to serve mankind. And Satan and his angels, they resented a plan that would command them to serve lesser beings. Redeem mankind will be, will be lifted up in honor and status above the angels. And we read about that in 1 Corinthians 6, 3 and in 1 John 3, 2. And Satan and his angels resented a plan that would glorify them, the lower beings to places above them. See, we can speculate on what all this means, but at the same time, we can't conclusively know uh, know why angels sin because scripture doesn't give us those exact details. But we do know it goes on to say they were cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness. By not keeping their proper place, they're, they're now being kept in chains of darkness. And their sinful pursuit of freedom put them in bondage. Those who insist on, on freedom to do whatever they want are like the angels because we can say, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. If I'm not hurting anybody, I can do whatever I want. But they're just like these angels. They're, 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 these people, they're, they're so free that they're bound in chains of darkness. See, true freedom, brothers and sisters, comes from obedience. True freedom doesn't come from being able to do whatever you want. True freedom comes from obedience. The ancient Greek word here um, for hell is translated from Tartarus. In Greek mythology, Tartarus was the lowest place of hell. It was a place of punishment for rebellious gods in, in Greek belief. So Paul, uh, excuse me, Peter borrowed this word to, to speak of a place of punishment for the angels who sinned. Angels have a high office and a high service of God, yet it was still possible for them to fall. So we should take a warning from this. The angels who have been in the presence of God, angels who have worshiped at the feet of God, the creator of everything, still fell. That's scary. That's scary, brothers and sisters. 
we, as well, we, we can understand that in some ways we can actually sin worse than these angels did. Charles Spurgeon wrote, I answer that the devil never yet rejected free grace and dying love. The devil never yet struggled against the Holy Spirit in his own conscience. The devil never yet refused the mercy of God. These supreme pinnacles of wickedness are only reached by you who are hearers of the gospel and yet cast its precious message behind your backs. See, we have the Holy Spirit to help guide us. We have the word of God to guide us and we still go against it. We still fight against it. Our sin in many ways, brothers and sisters, is worse than these angels. It says, making them an example to those who often, who afterward would live ungodly. These examples of judgment show us the important pinnacle of, of Peter wants to, to highlight. You know, so he talks about the angels and he talked about um, Noah and the flood. He talked about Lot living righteous, a righteous man living in an unrighteous, unrighteous place. Right. See, God judged the people, who, the, the angels who sinned. So no one would be too high to be judged. God judged the ancient world with the flood and Noah. So God doesn't grade on a curve, only comparing man to man. We have the same standard, brothers and sisters. We are judged by the same standard. All right. You are not going to be judged according to the standard of me. You know, Frank is not going to be judged according to the, the, the standard of Jesus or Carlos. We are all judged by the same standard. God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, so even the prosperous can be judged. Because listen, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were prosperous, uh, wealthy, successful cities, but they were full of depravity. So it didn't matter how successful they were, didn't matter how rich they were, they were still judged and destroyed. Therefore, the ungodly have no reason to think that they can escape God's judgment. Their coming judgment is certain. Jesus said in Luke 10, for those who reject the truth, it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom. More tolerable in that day for Sodom. In other words, Sodom, if we can put it in this way, got an easier judgment than those of us who have learned the truth, but still turn away. That's a scary thought, brothers and sisters. That's something that I don't want to be on the other end of. It says, verse 7, and delivered righteous Lot. Peter already told us how the, the Lord delivered Noah. Um, again, he delivered Lot, even though Lot was, you know, because Lot was righteous. Even though he was living in a, in a place he should not have been in, he still delivered them. It says in verse 10, and especially those who walk according to the flesh. These ungodly ones are especially reserved for judgment, those who live according to the flesh, because they live according to the flesh, not according to the spirit. And they're marked by uncleanness. These ungodly ones are proud, despising authority. In their presumption, they will even speak ill of spiritual powers. Much of what goes on under the name of spiritual warfare shows this kind of pride and, and, and presumption. See, while we recognize our authority in Jesus, we see that it's only in Jesus that we have it. Now, moving on to verse 13, in my Bible, the, the, the heading for this portion says depravity of false teachers. We're going to get into this a little bit um, as we're getting, be getting close to closing. Verse 13, it says carousing in their own deceptions. Ungodly false teachers are, are dangerous 
and corrupting presence in the body of Christ, not only deceiving others, but deceiving themselves also. Those false teachers believe their own hype, right? They're just as deceived as the ones that are trying to deceive. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery, their heart is set in the flesh and their eyes on adultery, both spiritual and in a sexual um, point of view. They prey on the unstable to join them in their ways. Verse 14 also says they have a heart trained on covetous practices. They are equipped, but they're not equipped for ministry. They're only equipped for selfish things. We all train our hearts in something, brothers and sisters. You're either training your heart in covetousness and lust or in godliness. What are you training yourself for right now? When you're studying the word of God, what are you trying to train your heart for? Verse 18, they speak great swelling words of emptiness. The message of ungodly false teachers is empty of real spiritual content. Though it's it's swelling with big words and and um you know, you know, deep words and, and all this stuff. And, you know, you listen to some preachers and they got all these, you know, cute sayings and, and it's nothing but a distraction. Their lore is to their own lust of the flesh and to the lust of the flesh of those who are listening to them. Just as the crowds who wanted bread from Jesus, but didn't want Jesus himself in John 6, 25 through 27. They wanted what Jesus could offer but they didn't want Jesus himself. They wanted to be healed, but they didn't want a relationship with Jesus. They wanted to be fed, but they didn't want a relationship with Jesus. They wanted to see the miracles, but they weren't seeking the son of God. Verse 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are slaves. They promise freedom, but freedom can never be found in the flesh, only in God's spirit. Freedom isn't, listen, listen to this. Freedom is not found in what Jesus can give us. Freedom is only found in Jesus himself. See, when we, we, when we seek freedom in the wrong ways, we become slaves of corruption. It's so important, brothers and sisters, to have the right intention as you're seeking Jesus. Matthew 6.33 says one of my favorite verses Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. You're not seeking the kingdom so that you can get the things. You're just seeking the kingdom. And a byproduct of it is all these things will be added to you. Because, brothers and sisters, if you're seeking the kingdom the right way, God begins to work on your heart. And all those things that will be added to you may be different from what you in your mind, you know, think it's going to be, but it's going to be so much better. The blessings are so much better when we just seek the kingdom. We just seek the kingdom and God's righteousness. Verse 20 says, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. It is better for a person to have never known a thing about Jesus than to hear some truth, hold on to it for a season, and then reject it. Let me say that again. It's far better for a person to have never known a thing about Jesus than to hear the truth, hold on to it for a little bit, and then reject it. See, greater revelation 
has greater accountability. Greater revelation has a greater accountability. When it says their end is worse than the beginning, because they have returned to it. They've returned to the pollutions of the world. It makes no sense, brothers and sisters, when you've heard the truth of the gospel, when the Lord has spoken to you and you receive it. And after a little bit, you're like, you know, that, that church thing, that Jesus thing, that was good, but you know, I'm okay right now. That's sad. We have so many examples of people who have walked away from the church for one reason or another. And it's easy to put everything under the umbrella of church hurt. The church did this. The church. Now, how about this? You were not seeking the kingdom. You were seeking a person. You were seeking a ministry. You weren't seeking God. And that's why you've fallen, because man will hurt you. Man will let you down. I will let you down. All right? There are people on this call right now from Cumberland County that I know at some point I have let down. That at some point I have angered, and I'm sorry for that. However, I am not in this position that the Lord has blessed me just because I like being a pastor. I mean, I love being a pastor. Don't get me wrong. But my job is not to always make you guys get that warm, uh, fuzzy feeling. Pastor Brendan and, and the leaders of our church, the elders of our church, their job is not just to make you feel good. Their job is to present the truth of the gospel. And sometimes it will anger you. But you don't seek man. You seek the kingdom. You seek Jesus Christ. Verse 21, and I'm going to begin to close with this, this last verse. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Peter described a picture that certainly has the appearance of people losing their salvation. He speaks of those um, who have, have escaped the pollutions of the world. He speaks of those who did this through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He speaks of those who at one time had known the way of righteousness. See, Christians, we debate all the time the issue of whether or not it's possible for a true Christian to ever lose their status as a true Christian, to ever fall um, into damnation if you were once a true Christian. Perhaps the, the best way of understanding the issue is to say that it is certainly true that those who appear saved, those who fit the description of Peter here, can end up in a place where it would have been better for them not to have even known the way of righteousness. Some say that they were never actually saved. You know, other doctrines and other beliefs say they were, they were actually saved, but they lost their salvation. See, to, to, to be de, de, uh, divided in this debate, um, which focuses on things that are unknowable, falls into the category of, of 1 Timothy 6.4 when it says they are obsessed with disputes and arguments over words. Whether you can lose your salvation or whether you never really had your salvation really isn't the point. The point is, where are you at right now? Where are you at right now? And I'm not going to speak into whether you can lose your salvation or you never really had your that because that's all semantics, brothers and sisters. Where are you at right now? What do you believe in right now? Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Seek first the kingdom, right? And when you seek first the kingdom, then then you'll be able to see the false teachers and false teachings, and you can know where you stand. 
It's so easy to get wrapped up in what's going on in the world around us. It's so easy to, to get caught up in that. But no, just seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek Jesus Christ with everything that you have. To continue to be in the word. If you can't make it onto a soap one morning, that's fine. That's totally fine. Right? Get on later on. Listen. And if you don't, if soap isn't for you, that's fine as well. Find a good devotion. The point is be in the word every single day. Every single day. So that when, when false teachings and false doctrines come across, come in front of you, and it's going to happen, you'll be able to have that discernment. The Holy Spirit will speak to you like, no, no, no. Remember what the word says. And so it's going to make you even stronger. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives, Father. I want to thank you, Father, for, for, for your word, Lord God, that is so true, Father. Your word says in, in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Father, you were at the beginning, Father. This is your word, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that we, that we would continue to seek your word with everything that we have, Father, so that we can be able to discern when things that are, are presented to us as false, and we can know that it's not from you, Lord God. Father, thank you for each and every one of my brothers and sisters, Lord. I pray that you just bless them, Father. Reveal new things to them, Father. Lord, we weren't able to cover this entire chapter in this brief time, Lord God. So I pray, Father, that they would go back later on and you would reveal new things to them. Open their eyes, Father. Open their hearts to receive a word from you. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.